This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. This is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Mark on from AMS, and we'll be talking about the state of contingent labor. So we're going to take this in a bunch of different directions, but uh, Mark and I have actually, we've had a bunch of calls together, and this is just going to be a fun topic. So Mark, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and AMS? Yeah, of course. First of all, thank you for having me. My name is Mark Jones. I'm a executive vice president here at AMS, and I've been lucky enough to be with the organization for 26 years. The first 15 years, I was based in the UK, but I relocated to the US with my wife, two children and dog 12 years ago. And it's only meant to be for six months, then two years. But as always is the way, I thoroughly enjoyed my time here building uh, our business across the U.S. But it's also a great opportunity here in the U.S., both from a personal and business perspective. As, as for AMS, we are a global talent acquisition organization that had been in business for 26 years, uh, probably best known for RPO, but we do have a large contingent labor practice and also a large advisory practice. And you joined, well, I said 26 years ago. Did you join at the very beginning? Yeah, yes, I did. I did. I, uh, AMS's very first client was an organization, a IT services organization, and it was our, cl- our first client, and I was a recruiter on site. And it was like I was a kid in a candy shop because I was doing direct sourcing for contingent labor at a time where nothing else existed. And we had the complete free reign to talk to managers and find candidates, leveraging the client's brand. And it became, it was the first introduction to what is direct sourcing now and almost the beginning of RPO in many ways. Yeah, I've been lucky enough I believe that in anything in life, you create your own luck, but also I've been lucky enough to join AMS at a time when we were very first starting. A lot has changed. You know, over the, we're now 10,000 plus employees, and when I started, there was five of us. Wow. And that's wonderful. Now you don't have to explain what RPO means. There was a time in which you had to actually say, mm. well, RPO is dot. And it's, I noticed in the UK, you did staffing was by and large, it was out, outsourced. Yes. Whereas here in the States, it was insourced. You, you had a corporate function that did this. And, you know, things have changed through the years and all that other stuff. But I love what y'all do. And so we'll have a, more of a love fest about AMS. But let's <laughs> jump into contingent labor. How are we defining contingent labor today? I think contingent labor is anything non-permanent, anything flexible, where organizations want the services of a resource on a short-term assignment. So I think that's how I would define contingent labor. I, I, I think there's all kinds of different nuances there in terms of 
how you're classified, different types of contingent workers, uh, and we're definitely seeing the need for more flexibility. But, but William, I'd say that this is really organisations that want a flexible resource uh, and or flexible deliverables. And uh, the intersection of gig workers, we're, we, gig workers are contingent labour, right? Yes, they are. They are. Right. They might think of themselves as different, but really that's contingent labour. Yes, yes. Okay. And there's been huge debate about whether they should or shouldn't be. And we've seen that play out in, 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 in the media in, in different cases. But gig workers are working on their own behalf, delivering services on an hourly basis. So what would, if you're looking, because you've been doing this for a long time, you are we, because it's a weird market here in the States where in a lot of the the traditional kind of high volume or hourly spaces where like the shops are closed. Like we have people, but they're choosing not to work. And so it's a weird whether or not we're in a recession or not. I'll leave that for the, for other smarter people to figure that out. But it's weird because we normally have a labor surplus when we have some type of economic recession. Whereas with this one, especially in certain industries, again, more of the hourly, more what I would say contingent, it, we see I, I see the behaviors of that talent differently. Like they're behaving yes. differently than they have in the past. First of all, am I, if wherever I'm wrong, just crush it because you study this stuff every day. But what what are you seeing? I think a couple of things. I think that the labor wants to work differently and mm. wants to work with more flexibility. And I think that's one of the things that has changed over the last few years post the pandemic, where we are seeing more and more people that want that flexibility. I might challenge your comment that people don't want to work. I think they do, but I think they want more and they want more flexibility. And they want to be able to choose when they work and how they work, which obviously gig working manifests itself really too. But so does contingent labor in its, in, in its entirety. So I think that's one thing. And, and the other thing I'd say is that we have come off the last two-year period where the demand was completely out of kilter off the back of the pandemic, right. where, of course, everyone stopped organizations have literally gone crazy hiring both full-time workers and contingent workers over the last two years. So this year we've seen a drop in volumes, but that's coming off of a, a really high. So I, I think what you've got going on is you've got a general lack of workers out there. We haven't addressed the influx of finding resources yeah, there's still a there's, there's still a there's still a gap, and there is still more opportunity than there are workers. So we are fishing in a pond that we're not putting any fresh water in, to a large degree. So that that combined with people wanting more flexibility, I think creates an environment where contingent in a holistic fashion is becoming more and more important. And you've only got to look at there was a recent Department of Labor report that indicated that 50% of the workforce will operate in some form of contingent sort of model by the end of the next decade. All of a sudden, contingent labor is such an important part of the economic environment. And you know, it's been fascinating that I think post the pandemic, 
recruitment in general has become a board level conversation because it has been hard to find talent. Everyone was competing for the same talent. There was a lack of resources. People want more flexibility, having spent more time at home. But half of the workforce in the years to come, decades to come, want to operate in a very different way to how we have traditionally operated as a country. It's fascinating, William, in terms of how that's all coming together. Yeah, it's interesting because we used to say that there was a employer-driven market or a candidate-driven mm-hmm. market. And it seems like now those phrases are kind of containers of yesterday and the containers of tomorrow are more, it's just a talent-driven market, yes. period. And yes. again, you mentioned work, how they want to work, when they want to work, etc. So it's basically letting the talent find its way with you, being opened to that the a lot of different types of scenarios of how talent interacts with your company and respecting like they want to work differently. And I, I want for so first of all, I want to go down that path and also wonder when you said gap, I was thinking about skills. Do we suffer with contingent labor kind of uh, understanding tangential skills or training people or any anything there on okay, do they do even the people that we have available to, do they have the skills that we need? Yeah, f- fascinating points. Two things I'd say there. One is I think there's going to be an increasing trend towards skill-based hiring, irrespective of the method of engagement, whether that be as a contractor or as a full-time worker. And as a contractor, there's different mechanisms of engagement. So I, I do think we are going to see more of a drive towards I have a need for a skill. How do I fill it? I, I also do feel like, yes, the market is, particularly in IT, the market is moving at such lightning speed. Sometimes the skills aren't keeping up and there isn't the, the, the volume of resources. So we are seeing some examples of organizations having to accept slightly lesser skills or skills that aren't quite to the level that they were expecting in terms of years of experience and investing in some kind of training as well. So I think IT is a really good example where it's moving at lightning speed uh, and organizations need skill sets in IT, but they don't always have that, that, that capacity in the market. So then you either harvest or you look for people that have potential or potentiality, right. then that, that, that becomes an interesting kind of a bit, especially with contingent labor. I think we've been reluctant in the past of training contingent labor because yeah, yeah. if we train them, they'll just leave. It's, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, exactly. It's fascinating because I think the traditional contingent landscape in the U.S. kind of goes back to what you said right at the beginning. It's very staffing-led and very commodity-led and that – I can find these resources, but that's not the case anymore. And therefore, all kinds of different aspects are starting to come into play, including a client's brand and how a client attracts themselves to contingent workers. I mentioned IT. So virtually every organization has, whether you are a manufacturing plant or you're in financial services or whatever it is, there's always an IT element to it. But you want to work for the Googles and the Apples of the world. So how do those those organizations, those, those um, mid-market organizations, attract IT talent? 
they have to have something. So that there is now, I think, an increasing trend towards increasing your brand and how you're perceived by contingent workers, uh, which then links to the conversation around training. You never used to leverage your brand. You never used to do any training for contingent workers because they were a commodity that you could hire through staffing agencies. So now that we have this challenge of supply and demand, plus this the workforce wanting to work differently, I think that's challenging organizations and challenging boardrooms and challenging TA organizations and challenging procurement who traditionally have looked at contingent labor as a commodity that I can buy to suddenly start thinking differently and thinking about, should I train them or do we give them access to different activities? Should we leverage the brand? And then co-employment has to remain a big topic as well. Really, it's, 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 there's, there's quite a few dynamics that are starting to change because of the changing landscapes that we now find ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I went to an airport yesterday in Charlotte and there was several stores closed, like midday, not a, not early in the morning or stuff like that. Like these should have been open. And I thought to myself, that's just lost sales. Yeah, they're still they're still getting charged for rent, and they they can't they're not maximizing their hours of being open. And correct, uh, correct. Uh, I'll give you another example. Uh, my car's been in the shop. It went in for a service. I asked for one thing, and that was six weeks ago, and. The problem is there aren't enough mechanics in the in the garage that's able to to, to service the cars. Yep. Uh, so we're seeing it across all sectors of, of the market that 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 talent piece is increasingly important, which is why I think talent management in general, not just contingent, but all types of hiring now has become that boardroom conversation, whereas it certainly wasn't in pre-pandemic days. So you mentioned the word commodity earlier, and I've had this bit going on in my brain around, we used to look at contingent labor as a, just a faucet. We just, when yep. we need that labor, we just turn on the faucet and whether or not we did it through staffing firms or directly or whatever, it didn't really matter, but we could just turn on the faucet and they just show up. Yep. And the switch that I've seen with candidates or talent is that they look at companies in that way as commodities as when they want a job or when they want a gig or when they want to do work in the way that they want to work they turn on the faucet and when they don't they turn off the faucet <laughs> yep first of all does that metaphor or analogy does that does it hold for you yeah it, it completely it does and I, I think you've described it spot on the faucet gets turned off and gets turned on um and and to a large extent i would say that's still how most of corporate America hire contingent workers. Yeah, but they do it at their own peril. If they exactly, if, exactly. If, if they're thinking like that, they're missing. They're already missing the boat. Much less correct. The future correct. of missing the boat. Correct, correct. It's and it's starting to change. It's like a, a big tanker. It takes a little bit of time to change, but it's definitely starting to change. And that comes back to the point in terms of organisations need to recognise that if you turn that faucet off entirely then that's going to have repercussions for how the worker thinks about your brand and wanting to work with you in the future. We're working with many Fortune 100 organizations now trying to build talent pools, trying to offer contingent workers. And this isn't a database. This is a genuine talent pool of people that want to work for that organization, that are attracted to that organization, have some brand affinity. That's a very different approach to 
turning on or off the faucet. So I think you described it really well. I, the, 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 I think the future is going to be a little bit of you need, you, need, you need to keep that faucet on a little bit more, and you need to attract mm-hmm. the right people, and you need to you need to start thinking about your water flow, not just expecting that you can turn it on and there'll be water there because there might not be. What are you seeing in terms of contingent labor or talent? Their approach or, or their desire around internal mobility, or what I usually generally call what's next, what they're thinking about what's next. I think internal mobility is a is a is a big area for organizations to continue to work at, particularly organizations that fought so hard to find talent over the course of the last few years. And I do think that remains a big part of the opportunities that HR and talent acquisition functions can continue to work at. How do you continue to manifest, train, and keep your teams engaged from an internal ability? Retrain, reskill. We're seeing a lot of activities around the retraining and reskilling services. I think as for contingent, I think traditionally contingent labor don't tend to get involved in, 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 in internal mobility, mm. but I can see that changing. I Again, the same comments here in terms of if a worker has been attracted to that organization because of their brand and then they want to work with that organization, and then there is some element of wanting to be kept informed about opportunities for staying within that company and changing their skill sets and developing different skills. And, and I, I think the, the progressive organizations that do look at contingent workers from the retraining, the reskilling involvement, mm-hmm. will benefit in 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 the wolf talent. What's your take on generative AI or AI in general and the contingent market? Do you think it's do you think there's something there? I, I see all of a lot of articles and podcasts and news on the corporate side of how how you, you want to build an employee handbook. Okay, here's how you can use OpenAI to do that. ChatGPT, etc. Like I, I see a lot of that, but I, I haven't seen as much around what contingent labor would use it for or what people that recruit contingent labor would use it for. Have you seen, first of all, what are you seeing as it relates to AI and contingent labor? So I think your second point in terms of the impact on how people recruit for it, I do think we are going to continue to see an evolution and evolving tools that that certainly makes it easier to match certain skill sets. So I think the traditional role of a recruiter sourcer back in my days, when I started 26, 27 years ago with a Rolodex of skills, that's gone. And there are some, some amazing technologies that allow and support recruiters in and sources finding the right talent and matching the right talent. Yeah, I, so I think we are seeing the emergence of different technologies to, to help find and match skills. You still need the human voice. You still need the touch to to make sure that everything else outside of the core match works. But I, I definitely think that part, the recruitment part, we are seeing an impact from AI. Interesting question in terms of the actual contractor market themselves, in terms of what AI is going to do for those. And I, and I would say that, again, there is so much pace and change development uh, I, I, I think AI will have an impact on contingent workers, but I think the contingent worker population will adapt to that change and there will still be the need, uh, is my general view. But who knows? It's going to be an interesting journey as, as, as that starts to manifest itself, but I do think it will have an impact. Where do you see us? Let's go short term. Let's just say if you and I are having this podcast 
this time next year, what's similar or what's different with contingent labor? Or even the folks that are tra- <laughs> the folks that are trying to attract said labor. Yeah, I think in I think great question. I suspect that this time next year things will have somewhat normalized in terms of the supply and the demand. I think we may see a, a, a voluntary attrition increasing as people you know, right now i think we've seen people that want to leave assignments early has reduced because there are less assignments out there given some of the economic headwinds that we're facing and the back of the obviously the very high volumes that we saw in 2022 so i i think we probably will see an increasing number of individuals that want to leave their assignment early i think demand will start to come back but not to the level we've seen in, in in previous years. I think we might start to see some normality, if that word exists these days, because we haven't had a lot of normality in the tenant acquisition space for the last three years. We've gone to the bottoms and the highs. So we, I think we could do with a couple of years of normality. But we, the, we, yeah. we, we, we could. That would be, it's the earth beneath our feet has been just moving. And so we've gotten used to the phrase of saying this is the new normal. And Maybe there is no normal. Maybe that's just an illusion that we've concocted for ourselves <laughs> <laughs> to make ourselves feel better about what we're doing. Yeah, with, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I hope there is some element of normality, but I think you, we are also going to see organizations that continue to look at contingent labor in a, in a different light. As I say, I don't think it's going to be overnight, but maybe the medium term will be very different to the short term. So it's not going to happen overnight, William. I think it will take three, five years for us to see this real change of contingent workers basically being dominant and being able yeah. to do what they want. And organizations will have to adapt to attract <laughs> and find them. I've said that to CEOs over the last six months or so, where I've said, talent drives the car. You're in the car. You're a passenger. You might be in the front seat. You might be in the back seat. But the talent is driving... And the sooner you get on board with that, the better. Correct. Yeah. And actually, the better for our, our, our entire industry right. to start thinking about this in a very different in a very different way. And the opportunities that technology allows and embracing different different things. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's exciting. I, I, I still feel I can't believe that we have such a large, mature industry in finding people and how complex it is, William. It's really complex. Oh, yeah. And again, you blink and there's a new tool. There's a new thing that helps you find talent or engages with that talent, but still it's some of the brass tacks that 26 years ago that you use, you still got to talk to yes. them. You still <laughs> you do. And you got to make sure they're happy because if you yeah. don't, they yeah. will end up leaving. And, and then basic stuff. <laughs> exactly. It's the, the historical, it works plus the new is hopefully the new normality. Right. Drops Mike walks off stage. Mark, thank you so much for carving out time for us in the podcast. No problems. I really appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com. 